What is Germany and Denmark's latest climate energy deal? And what are the UK PM's frontrunners' views on solar and fracking? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckersphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and US-based climate news. I'm Becky Hoke, a climate communicator. Today is Tuesday, August 30th. Let's jump right into today's news. Let's start with some extreme weather events. Over the weekend, Pakistan officially declared a national emergency due to extreme flooding. This means they've deployed the army to help. Pakistan has also deployed the navy for the first time because so much of the country is underwater. Pakistan's climate minister says a third of the country is underwater. This flooding event is partially due to the unprecedented rainfall, partially due to glaciers melting, and majorly due to climate change. Pakistan has the most glaciers outside of the poles, 7,500 of them to be exact, and they're melting so fast that downstream gets flooded. Additionally, the country has received three times the average amount of rain for a year, and we've still got fall and part of winter to go. The country is currently on its eighth monsoon cycle when it usually only experiences three or four. And this is all after being subjected to drought conditions. Over a thousand people have died, a third of which are children. I talked before about how China has provided aid, and now the United Arab Emirates, Turkey, the International Monetary Fund, and the United Nations have all provided cargo, money, and aid. In the U.S., Mississippi is bracing for more flooding as record-setting rain is expected to fall in the next few days. The mayor of the state's biggest city, Jackson, released a video urging residents to flee before the Pearl River overflows. Mississippi's governor already declared a state of emergency from heavy rainfall and flooding late last week, which we talked about yesterday. The area deployed more than 100,000 sandbags to try to hold the water back. Time for a climate study. A new study published in the journal Communications Earth and Environment determines that dangerous heat will become three times more common even if we keep warming at or below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Quote, heat index levels will likely increase by 50 to 100 percent across much of the tropics and increase by a factor of 3 to 10 in many regions throughout the mid-latitudes. If we reach 2 degrees Celsius, people in the tropics, like India, will be exposed to dangerously high heat index values during most days of each tropical year. Let's check out some climate victories. For the past seven years, the Peruvian citizen Saul Luciano Ayula has been in a legal battle against the Germany energy company RWE for speeding up the retreat of the Nevado Palcaarju glacier. The glacier melting could cause catastrophic flooding. Finally, over the next three days, German lawyers will visit the region that could be impacted. This could be a landmark case if anything comes from it, so I will keep you posted. In Europe, the German and Dutch governments announced a $9 billion or £7.7 billion offshore wind hub in the Baltic Sea to provide a collective 3 gigawatts of clean power a year by 2030. That's enough power to run as many as 4.5 million homes. This is the first time that two European countries have collaborated on such a project. Offshore wind is a cool form of energy supply because it's zero emissions and doesn't require battery storage because wind over the water is consistent. The project will need $3 billion in investment and will be operated by Germany's 50 Hertz and Denmark's EnergyNet. After it's up and running, other Baltic states and Poland will have a chance to join. This is part of a bigger goal by the European Commission to increase offshore wind capacity from its current 12 gigawatts to 300 gigawatts by 2050. 
And in the UK, solar installations are increasing rapidly as gas prices soar. Solar installers are doing a little over 3,000 projects a week, which is three times the rate for July 2020. One provider said inquiries are up by tenfold. Solar Energy UK says a typical home could see a £300 cut in its energy bill by installing solar panels. Add electric heating and the home could see more than £900 off its electricity bill, though most UK homes are already connected to a central heating system, so that might not be as interesting. Time for some climate fails. After five consecutive talks, UN countries have failed to reach any consensus on a treaty to protect sea life. The treaty would protect two-thirds of the world's oceans to maintain biodiversity, which is the net holding humanity up. Currently, less than 1% of the high seas are protected. Any way to reduce stress on the oceans is important because more than 90% of the excess heat from climate change is absorbed by the ocean. As a result, marine heat waves are becoming more common, just like the heat waves on land. The ocean is also becoming more acidic due to absorbing carbon dioxide, which mixes up the ocean's chemicals. This can harm marine organisms, brain chemical balance, and the ability of juveniles to form shells. Unless a special session is called later this year, no progress is expected to be made on marine conservation for the rest of the year. Russia has been a huge negotiation blocker, refusing to engage in the treaty process or compromise. All but one European leader is planning to skip the African Adaptation Summit in the Netherlands next month due to scheduling conflicts. The only European leader attending is the event's host, Dutch Prime Minister Rutte. The organizers, the Global Center on Adaptation, invited countries that have traditionally supported African climate finance efforts like France, Denmark, Finland, and Norway. The presidents of Senegal, Kenya, Ethiopia, Ghana, Gabon, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Zambia are all expected to come. But Finland and Norway will be represented by their development ministers, France will be represented by a state secretary, and Denmark's minister is expected to show up on video chat. Last November, during the UN Climate Conference COP26, most wealthy countries committed to doubling their climate adaptation financial support for poorer countries to roughly $40 billion a year by 2025 though the actual number is still under dispute. This is one of the first meetings to iron out the details before the next big UN climate conference, COP27, this November. So it's disappointing the European countries aren't respecting the African leaders enough to show up in person, even with a much shorter commute time. Okay, we need to discuss some bad takes from the frontrunner of the UK prime minister race, Liz Truss. She wants to end the ban on fracking, which is when water and chemicals are shot against rocks at high pressure to extract oil and gas. Despite it being part of a fossil fuel process that contributes to climate change, fracking often pollutes local air and water and can cause regional earthquakes. Living near fracking sites can cause severe headaches, asthma, childhood leukemia, cardiac arrest, and birth defects. Former Prime Minister May put a moratorium on fracking in 2019. Trust says fracking will only occur around communities that approve it, which might mean it won't happen much at all because most people in the UK don't support bringing fracking back. Trust says lifting the moratorium on fracking will help increase domestic energy supplies, which makes the country less reliant on Russian fossil fuels. But even shale gas executives don't see the industry developing fast enough to impact gas prices. For one, there's just less domestic gas available, and the stuff that is there is harder to reach. Putting fracking back on the table will produce less than 1% of the UK's gas demand for more than three years and won't produce more than 5% of the supply until the late 2020s. Another bad take Truss has is on ground-mounted solar power. Both she, the other prime minister candidate Rishi Sunak, and other conservative MPs are pushing the idea that solar is using up valuable farmland space, 
even though this form of solar power currently covers just 0.1% of the country's ground, and even the most ambitious clean energy projections only see solar taking up 0.3% of UK land, which is only 0.5% of the amount that farmland takes up. Golf courses take up twice that amount of land right now. Additionally, solar energy and farmland don't have to mutually be exclusive. Agrivoltaics is when solar panels provide shade to crops while crops help cool solar panels. So that's a two for two for bad takes, Ms. Truss. Finally, I want to end today's episode with some carbon capture and storage news. The Norwegian carbon storage company Northern Lights announced it will store CO2 produced from the fertilizer company Yara's Dutch operations. Northern Lights is a joint venture launched in 2020 by the oil firms Equinor, Total Energies, and Shell to inject CO2 from industrial plants into rock formations under the North Sea. This is the first commercial agreement on cross-border CO2 transport and storage signed anywhere in the world. It would require 800,000 tons of CO2 a year to be transported on ships from the Netherlands starting in early 2025. That represents about 1.6% of the country's overall emissions. Northern Lights also has preliminary deals to store CO2 from a cement plant and a waste plant. Altogether, these projects would fill the venture's phase one capacity. It already has expansion plans. Climate models show it is necessary to capture and store carbon in order to keep warming at or below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. I just worry about the environmental impact and that carbon capture will be used as an excuse for polluting industries to continue as business as usual. If you're listening on YouTube, let me know what you think about carbon capture and storage in the comment section below. And that was your climate recap for Tuesday, August 30th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Beckensphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.